All right. Well, welcome everybody back to the High Performance Happiness Podcast. I am Brian Sharp, your humble host. Uh, for those of you that are just checking us out, oh, we're getting a little love from the audience. All right, I love it. This is awesome. Uh, if you're checking us out for the first time, thank you. We, uh, we're grateful to have you and, uh, and support to get this off the ground. Uh, the idea here we were just talking about is there's really two tracks of people we like to talk to. One are the high performers that are in the trenches doing it. We like to uncover how are they doing it, what are the strategies they have to build better companies, but also live better lives. And some of that has to do with overcoming burnout managing stress, but also obviously building in those habits that, that drive self-care and wellness. Uh, so we like to look at it from the teacher perspective, but also from, from the individual perspective. And today I'm excited with our guests because we get to do a little bit of both. So if you find the conversation interesting, we hope you'll join our community. We call it Help and Hustle. You can check us out on all your favorite spots or helpandhustle.com. But without further ado, I want to welcome today's guest, Janice Bird. Janice, how are you? I am excellent. I'm so happy to be here, Brian. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. So for those of you that uh, have not met Janice before, we've known each other for, for a minute, about a decade now. Uh, she's an entrepreneur, which includes uh, voiceover artist, yoga instructor, inspirational speaker. Do I have the list? I'm sure there's more to it than that. Right? You got the list. And the main one that earns me money, which is a Spanish interpreter. There you go. So that <laughs> We got to dig into that. That's really interesting. So we're, the reason I wanted Janice on today is, is her message is about really shifting from this place of fear, and she's known what it's like to be there, but also to a place of love. And I think that's something you've learned to cultivate and now teach, which is why I wanted to have you on today. So uh, I like the way you wrote it. I read, uh, you've decided that love wins hands down every time. I love it. So we're going to talk a lot about that and your mission about helping others do the same, moving away from these fears, thoughts, and beliefs that just don't serve you anymore, and living from a place of authenticity, action, and love. And that's what high-performance happiness is all about. So thank you for being here, sharing your story, maybe uh, sharing a few ideas with us today. Of course. My pleasure. I'm super excited. Yeah. So let's, let's start first, because you have a really fascinating background, and I think this is for all types of people, right? We have people who listen who are you know, just going to work and what you would consider the nine to five. We have executives, we have entrepreneurs and everything in between. So what, what's your world look like right now? I know it might be different later, but what does it look like right now? So right now, ooh, in 2020, things yeah. have shifted a little like bit. like a heavy question, right? Like, I guess I should ask, like, what was it like six months ago? But yeah, what does it look like now? Background for you personally and professionally. So uh, right now, I am a Spanish uh, interpreter, and that's where I, a lot of my income comes from. Okay. And so that just looks like, I don't know if you've ever been involved in an auto accident or had a workers comp claim, imagine that you don't speak English and you're in this country and you have to go and uh, give your deposition oh, right, right. and I go in and I am your voice and then I'm the voice of the attorney who's asking you questions and um, so it's the spoken word okay. of Spanish and English translation yeah. basically. Okay. So that's what I'm doing currently, as well as um, voiceover work. I have a little home studio. It's actually in my closet, but we call it a home studio. That sounds way better. Good marketing spit on that. 
Some of the best ones I've seen are in a closet. So you're good. You're good. (laughs) Totally. And then I love uh, yoga and what it's done for me. So I in turn teach it. And I just had this online yoga self-love challenge that I put out there. So just, uh, I think my hands are in a lot of jars. Let's put it that way. So I can guarantee you right now, people are listening, you're getting some head nods like, yeah, I do 75 things too. That's good. So you, you welcome to our world. We're wired the same. Cause like you can't, if someone says, Oh, what do you do? You get this puzzled look. You're like, I don't even know how to answer the question. So that's how a lot of us are. And that's cool. Um, tell me on the personal side, give me, give me a little bit of background on, on there. Like what's, what's home life look for you these days? So I'm divorced. I've been divorced about nine years now. I have two amazing kids. One of them is an adult, which I I cannot believe he's 18. (laughs) It's crazy. It blows my mind. Even saying that sounds weird, but um, I have an amazing boyfriend, Lewis, who, you know, super supportive guy. And I just purchased a second home. So I have a rental property now and I'm in a second home, which has been great and have, you know, a big family, which my mom is one of 12. Right. So lots of aunts and uncles roaming around there and cousins and all of that. And uh, yeah. Well, I know that I know the kids, Lewis, like I know that's a big part of your world. And that was really what I wanted to get to there. So I'm glad you shared that. So um, you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of your, your passion for some of the work you do in your day to day, right? But I'm curious to kind of pull back just a little bit. What's been the driver? You just listed off five or six things you do and and this great world you're creating around yourselves. But like, what's been the driver for you to always just go, right? Like that's, when you answer the question, what do you do? And you got, you know, the list. Some people look at that and go, oh, that's a little nuts, right? So was there a driver for you as a kid in a big family? It, was there a mentor in your life? Was there a moment in your life? Like what was the driver for you to, to push yourself so much? So good question. The driver was my rock bottom moment. Uh, I don't know how many people have had their bathroom sobbing on the floor, rolled up moments. (laughs) I'm probably not alone in the bathroom breakdown. Um, So that was when I was going through the divorce, my world just felt like it was in shambles. I Mm -hmm. wasn't doing any of this stuff before my divorce. So when Mm -hmm. I was married, my goal in life was to be the best wife and mom. Mm. That was, that was it. That was what I was about and what I had been taught. So when that ended, I, um, my world was flipped upside down. So from that moment on the bathroom floor, I had to decide how I was going to live my life and who I was going to be and actually who, who am I truly? Because I had lost my voice. I had lost just uh, knowing who Janice Burt was. So to answer your question, I started doing everything that scared me. Wow. I just, I just started walking through all my fears because I realized in that moment on the floor, um, that my life 
consisted of fear, that basically fear was the driving force and was controlling every aspect of my life. And I decided that I did not want that to be the case anymore. So how could I defeat fear? How, How do you do that? You know, and the best solution I came up with was to walk right through it, to look it in the eyes and say, give it to me, bring it, Let's do this and then just walk through each of those fears. Dude, we just dove in right there, huh? <laughs> We're like, let's go. Let's do this. I'm, I thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. And I, man, there's so many places I want to go with that. So I want to make sure we touch on a few of those things um, because you just kind of opened up, I think, what a lot of people feel. And I think the most important one is, we talked when I always ask, where does that drive come from? I wasn't expecting that actually, right? And some people think it has to come from the outside, and yours kind of came from the inside. It came from that defining moment. And but a lot of and that's happening for a lot of people right now, right? Um, so so this is really interesting and exciting um, and difficult work that you've done. So, so thank you first for sharing that. I think this is going to open up a really great conversation that some people need to hear uh, right now, including person talking to you. It's always good to learn from this. So just starting point for some context, you know, you, I envision the way you describe that is you just standing up strong by yourself. Is there any support system or was there like, give me a sense just for everybody to understand, was this Janice? kind of walking this path on our own or has there been kind of support system that's helped get you there? What does that look like for you right now? Honestly, at the very beginning, I felt very alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even though I had a big family because I came from a very religious upbringing, okay. divorce was never really a, a thing, you know, it's frowned down. And I personally never thought I would get divorced ever in a million years had you asked me. And I know people don't typically tend to think they're going to, but like, really, I, like I, like I said, my dream and my vision for my life was to be the best wife and mom. That was, that was my it. Right. So I didn't actually have a whole lot of support. And I think that actually makes me very empathetic toward people that are going through hard times where I go, man, I know, like, I know that place of loneliness and desperation and just wanting someone just to listen to you. And that's why that always touches on such a little soft spot in my heart, because I went through that time of not really having a lot of support. Um, And then since then, you know, as I made my way through, I definitely do have support and people have rallied around and have come beside me. But I will say at the very beginning, probably for about the first year or so, it was kind of me in the trenches with me. Wow. That's hard. I can hear it too, right? Like it. And I think that when we go through these tough times, if you've if you've had one of those moments, you, you relive that over and over and it becomes a driver, but also kind of this reminder uh, uh, as well that you almost want to avoid. But I think you've gone a different route and that's what I'm interested in. I had a mentor once told me, he said, chase happiness, right? It feels like you've chased, chased something else. You didn't let that kind of resonate. So 
let's shift gears a little bit in the sense of we love to talk on this podcast about happiness and joy and, and just kind of living life, which is what I feel from you, right? Like I'm living my life now and it's a different life than what it was. Um, you probably run with other high performers. That tends to be the theme I see is, is you know, you know or associate or, or work with or seek advice from others that are doing a lot and have high expectations it, as you look at that circle of people, and I know you kind of have your teacher lens on too, and that's okay. H- how do you look at happiness in that space right now, right? If you look at a group of 100 high performers, how many of them are really happy right now? How do you, how do you look at that world right now? Or is that a common question you get and see from people coming to you for some help too? Well, that's interesting because the people I'm kind of surrounding myself with are in the personal growth, you know, developing yourself, Mm. um, mindset. And so, yes, I guess they, they definitely are high performers, but they seem to me at least that they're actually very happy as well. And that there is a great balance that, that they've achieved there. And I mean, I don't know, that's just kind of what I see. Right. And the people that I interact with okay. on that level. I mean, obviously some I can tell are a little more type A, we could say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and which I am not. I yeah. am I'm very not a type A. And we were talking right. before this, and I definitely am like, done is better than perfect. Right. Let's just be the voice, get our message <laughs> out there, uh, type of of person, but I know different people operate differently. And so I can actually take a lot from a high performer that is more type A and has like a certain level of standards. I can learn a lot from that person because that is not so much my natural ability. Okay. So I would say I have to work on that on my end. I'm, I'm a little more of the like lazy, happy, then. <laughs> <laughs> Lazy, happy. I like it. So, well, let, let me ask you, that's a good segue. So I was going to ask you, as you made this transformation and you focused more on you and happiness and joy and authenticity, love, all these great, wonderful things. Did it come naturally? Or, or when you're saying it was lazy, what does lazy happy mean? I don't know what that means. Tell me what that means. Because I'm sure it's a thing. Because I'm in that type A group, by the way. So. Uh-huh. but tell explain to a guy like me like what's lazy happy or did any of these things come more naturally to you or which ones did you have to kind of work on a little bit to to get to that place of joy and love um you know what i think so i have one in my one and only tattoo which is totally reversed but it says balance and i actually got this at not a very good time in my life it was toward the end of my marriage and we went and got tattoos or I got a tattoo. Um, and the main word that I wanted to put permanently on my body was balance. And it's funny because I don't, you know, some people say you get a tattoo and then you want a million. I don't want anymore. I am one. <laughs> one message, one message. No, <laughs> I'm super happy with it because it's so meaningful to me because I knew at that point when I got it, mm. 
that my life was so out of balance and so out of whack that that was kind of what I needed. So to me, flow and balance are kind of the key, right? So yes, you can be a high performer and do high performer things, but if that's all you're doing, Brian, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it's okay. Bring it. It We're good. I can handle it. (laughs) If that's all you're doing, you're missing Mm. this beautiful part of life that um, is the happy, peaceful, joyful, kind of easygoing flow. Yep. And you can do both, right? And that's what we're trying to marry here. And I think something you have done. I do have an idea, though, if I could be so bold. I think the second tattoo, you ready for this? Lazy happy, like that's it right here. Lazy happy, on the other lazy hand. Ha- right here on my neck. Lazy <laughs> happy. There you go. So let let's go back to balance. I have two questions for you here. One, it's it's kind of cool now to say, oh, balance doesn't exist. You know, there there people are trying to fight this because when it becomes kind of mainstream, then it you got to obviously be the opposite. What do you say to people like, oh, there's no such thing as work-life balance or any of these things? What do you say to folks like that? I mean, I kind of get that because also life is seasonal. So we have seasons of life. So there might be times when, yes, you have to put in more on the business end. You, You know, you have to achieve and do and make your lists and all of that. But hopefully that's seasonal. And then you can shift. And that's why I think I like the word flow better Okay. because you're not probably always going to be able to do that exact science of a balance. Yeah. Yeah. But if you know that you're in the flow of your life and that as seasons come and go, you can navigate them seamlessly and beautifully. Like, I think that is, is more what the idea would be. Ah, that that's good because I forget as a type A, there's seasons because we feel like we should be able to grind through whatever's going on, right? And so that ability, if I'm hearing you right, you're kind of saying be flexible, right? Flow is flexibility, it's adaptability. Um, I reminds me we went to a corn maze really recently, like it's Halloween time when we're recording this, and it was this massive, crazy maze. And you know, I'm like determined to figure this thing out. We get in and there's a staff member standing there and he's looking at us and he's like, you guys want a hint? I'm like, yeah, dude, give us the hint. And he did, and here was his hint. It was like what you just said. He goes, just go in the general direction and you'll get there. And at first I was like, thanks, man. It's super helpful. And it turned out to be the best advice is what you were saying is like, don't overthink it. Don't go against the grain. Don't hack a shortcut kind of go with the flow. Right. And that's, that's totally right. Like I know that's a sideways analogy, but that's how I'm understanding what you're saying here. I love that analogy. (laughs) And it literally, it is, it's like one baby step in front of the other on your path. You know, when, when it feels aligned to you, And then it's just that one baby step and then an opportunity comes right. or, you know, some right. scary monster jumps out or whatever. And then, you. <laughs> so let's talk about the scary monster or, or maybe more the, the second part of the balance question I had was what you said you were, you were not in balance and that's why you want to be kind of intentional about it. I guess it's kind of what I'm sensing. 
what does out of balance look like for you? Oh, <laughs> uh, forcing, okay. you know, trying like, in my marriage, I felt like I was clinging so tight. It was this forcing, totally the opposite of flow. Okay. And for me, when I'm out of balance, I feel this, it, I feel it. First of all, it's very like it's physical. A physical? Okay. It's a physical sensation, you know, and it's not like a, a pretty physical sensation. Like it, it feels really bad. Yeah. Um, and I... I'm stressed. I'm tight. Like my shoulders, I actually have a lot of neck and shoulder issues right now because of my past, because that's where I carried so much of my stress physically. So now I'm working. I mean, I intentionally work on upper back, shoulder, you know, sports therapy, massages, stretches, yoga, all the things because of the accumulation of stress over the years and of being out of balance. Mm. Um, you know, I used to bite my nails like crazy. Even as a little girl, I would bite them down to like where they would bleed. Wow. So just this, this sense of um, being out of whack, okay. being uh, not in the flow, forcing, uh, controlling, controlling, mm. That's a good word. Okay. Can can you think of a time? So after your kind of defining moment, right? Can you think of a time where that things got out of balance, just super wonky, Um, recognizing that was a hard path to walk no matter what. So it was never just like, Oh, we're, we're all good now. Right. But can you think of a time where you got way out of balance and what did, what did that look like and feel like, or, or what, how did it change maybe an outcome for you, like you were trying to do something and it didn't go the way you wanted. Can you think of anything like that, that, that came up along the way for you? Um, geez, I'm trying to think. Or even in general, like when you, cause you start, it's one thing to be out of balance and not intentional about it. And then when you're working on it. So for me, what happens is I'm, I'm so focused on trying to keep my mind right. And, and when I know, and I, one of the curses of getting better mentally is you're very aware when things are going sideways and it's almost like you can't stop it. Right. So I'll say something stupid or I'll, I'll lose enjoyment in a moment that that you talk about. Right. I just, I'll I'll miss uh, something like that. That's how it manifests for me, but I don't know. How is it for you now that you're really aware of it, but it's things get out of balance still. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's more, it's fear for me. When I start okay. feeling that fear class okay. down, yep, yep. everything, my heart actually closes. Like I can feel myself and my shoulders hunch forward. I mean, it's like I was saying, for you. Very, it's very physical. It totally manifests in my body when I start feeling out of balance, when I start feeling... Um, a lot of fear mm-hmm. and downward pressure. Yep. And so what I, what I do is I have to bring it back to kind of my why, hmm. right? Like what's my why deep down? Uh, why am I here in this world? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of you a, go all you know, the way. <laughs> I go all the way. <laughs> but do you remember? I don't know if you ever did this as a kid, like actually feeling that, like, wait a minute, when you yeah. start gaining some more awareness and like, yeah, what what is this life about? What are we here for? You know? And then we kind of move on, and I guess we just accept that. I don't know, whatever yeah. reasons we like got a meeting to, make, to get to. I'll figure that out later. Yeah. <laughs> we get wrapped up in the busyness Goldness. and yeah. Yeah. And our work and our everything. But at the end of the day, it's like, why? What's our purpose? And mm-hmm. whenever I go back to the why and the love, mm-hmm. things just shift for me. I don't feel out of balance. I don't feel like I want to control the shit out of everything. I, it's such a different feeling and it literally is an open heart versus a closed heart Hmm. for me. And, and so as much as I can, when I start feeling that, Oh my gosh, I need to control and this is happening and I'm fearful and all of this. If I um, sit in stillness, which is actually hard to do when you're feeling frantic, <laughs> it's kind of counterintuitive. It sure is. So, so I'll do both. I'll sit in stillness and I'll uh, marry it. I like how you said that. I'll marry it with movement. So I do a little bit of both, but it's internal. It's internal um, work. I shift inward and start instead of blaming. Because I was a pro at blame and victim mentality. Like, why are men like this? And why does this happen? You guys are all the blame. You know, that, and even until recently, and I'm still like, I'm sure I still have some of it in me. um, I have to consciously work on taking personal responsibility for my thoughts, my beliefs, my feelings, nobody's making me feel this way. Nobody's making me have these thoughts. And so when I can shift to that, then I can create the life that I want that is most appealing to me. That is great. And and I'm so, thank you for sharing kind of your how, because that's one of the things that that I admire that I'm working on, that I think a lot of our listeners are, are always looking for ideas is, I joke with my wife, it's like one of the benefits of getting older is you're more self-aware, you understand your body, your mind, <laughs> but that's kind of the bad news too, because now I see the, we, you know, I, I call it the funk, right? The funk's coming, the funk is here. How do I defunk, right? And I'm going to meditate and I'm going to get the funk out and I can't. So I like that for you, you, do, you have a prescriptive, the stillness and the movement and it's just work and, and you take some ownership over that. That that's that's really helpful. Let me also ask. There's another there's another action oriented piece to this that you shared in the very opening. You just talked about just doing everything you're afraid of. I don't know many people who have like made that their life's mission. Um, so is that part of your process, or is that kind of just kind of in your DNA now, like part of who you are? It, what does it look like? Tell me about what that's like and why you went that route and and uh, what it looks like for you. It's very intentional. Mm-hmm. I would say our comfort zone feels much better. 
<laughs> in the sense of we feel safe and protected and that's yeah. a short-term gratification. Yeah. Um, but in the long-term, it's so much better to face our fears, to walk through our fears. And so, no, it's not, it doesn't come naturally. I, I don't know that it ever will. It yeah. takes conscious, deliberate decision-making every single time. So just as a quick example, so I've done a bunch of things like running mar a marathon that I thought was impossible or competing in a bodybuilding competition or self-publishing a book that had, you know, some family secrets and things like that in it. That was very scary for me to do. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've done those things yeah. and recently this year, this is just a recent example. Mm -hmm. I get this email from a, an agency for an interpreting job. And they're like, this is a highly visible job. It's for the governor of California for his press conferences. And so I look at that for interpreting, like for his press conferences. Right. right. And so I almost just deleted it right off the bat. Cause I'm like, there's no way. First of all, have you heard the guy talk? I mean, he goes pretty <laughs> quick. He uses some really big words. Sure. Um, and, you know, conference interpreting is much different than like a normal interpreting that you that I normally do. Makes sense. But I said to myself, okay, this scares me to death. So stop. First, just think like, what is this exactly? And instead of deleting it, I just sent the agency a, a you know, message back. And I said, I am available for those dates. Uh, I just want you to know, here's my level of experience. This is my expertise. I've never interpreted for a press conference before, but I am available. Send, you know, and with the, even that, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. No, don't Get do it. Back. <laughs> Can I take it back? But um, it turns out that they end up hiring me. Wow. So I go into the Office of Emergency Services, mm -hmm. right, and sit there. The governor's walking by behind me to give his press conferences. I am just in a cold sweat, like any <laughs> minute they're going to call me in to interpret for this. So I'm doing my research, trying to figure out what the deal, but they're they seemed a little unorganized. Like they didn't exactly know how they were going to use me at that point. Okay. So long story short, I am currently still working for them. It's been almost three months wow. and I am teleworking. So it ended up being a translation job where I do their written press releases and stuff like that pays really well, which I think this will be my best year that I've ever had in the midst of a pandemic and me right. not having a lot of work previously. Right. And it was all because I said yes to something that scared me to death hmm. and made myself available, you know, kind of like walking those baby steps yep. on my path. Good for you. So it was just pretty cool. That is such a great example. I'm glad. So first, cool story, right? What and you think about everything else that's going on. It's not not like you're translating some boring conference. This is heavy stuff going on right now. So 
Um, so yeah, what, so what advice do you give when that was your process was just to say yes for those that are listening and they, we usually have that list. We, we have the list we already sitting there that we know we could go and say yes to a couple of things today. What advice do you give to people when for someone who says, I just go do things that scare me? Do you seek them out? Do you just remain open? Do you do you go grab some ones that you've been afraid of in the past? What what advice do you give to someone that's kind of been holding off on that a little bit? Um I do seek them out. Yeah. Personally, especially like the bodybuilding thing was a big one because I had body image issues. And so that was one that I knew was still controlling my life. And I really wanted to take a strong stand against that one. Um, Again, I know everybody is different though. And so what I would say is just do something, Mm -hmm. take a small step. If, if it scares you too much to, let's say with the bodybuilding example, if it scares you too much to go and stand on a stage I get that. That's kind of, you know, I still am like, really? You did that, Janice? That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say, you know, do this a small step toward that. If if that maybe is your end goal, you know, and for a lot of things, you can't just jump up on a stage. Like for the marathon too, I couldn't just go out and run a marathon. It actually takes consistent Hmm. day in and day out dedication. So I say, as you build up the consistency in the minor little day-to-day things, you start believing in yourself more. And as those things add up one on top of the other, all of a sudden you're on the stage, all of a sudden you're running the marathon. So you're, you're working up to it. Um, It's, it wasn't something that I did in an, in an instant. Right. You didn't make the jump. And, and so th- that's a great point about uh, that. I want to, a lot of times I like to ask people about their schedule, but I have a different take on this for you. So when you look at doing something you're afraid of, um, do, do you look at it as just a series of steps? Do you look at it as, you know, I hear you hear some people say, do one thing every day that scares you, right? Which is cute and cachet, but it's like, all right, well, what does that mean? Right. Out of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you look at your week and say, you know, so do you give yourself some parameters or is it more kind of like uh, object, like I'm going to do this thing and then you kind of reverse engineer it or ha- get nerdy on this. But how do you, how do you actually build those little steps towards something you're really afraid of? Cause standing on a stage flexing scares me. Like I don't see myself doing that. Right. See, even you're <laughs> laughing. So talk me through like how, what would be the baby steps in a, any scenario that you look at? Is it, is it schedule wise or is it just like, I have this goal and then I go from there? I think I would, I haven't really thought about defining it, but now that you say that, I think I do reverse engineer. Okay. So I will have a goal and say, okay, I know I want to do that thing. And the first thing that I do is sign up for the thing or, or somehow <laughs> okay. make a public proclamation yep. that I am doing the thing because mm. we are so good as human beings at, <laughs> at going out the back door and like talking ourselves out of yeah. those things that we know are going to be really good for us. But, you know, 
we want to protect ourselves. We want to kind of stay in the comfort. You start with the big scary thing and then you commit. Yes. And then you build the engine on the way down is like what we like to say, right? Like you just figure it out as you go. You figure it out as you go. And that, but you do, you're consistent. You put in, but because you now have this goal that you've made public and it's out there, you're more apt to stay consistent Hmm. to meet your goal. Do you give yourself any rules along the way? Are, are there any outs? Or are there any rip cords you can pull? You know, is there anything like that? Like what's, what kind of rules are, or grace do you give yourself along the way? Cause these are like, you're talking about some big stuff. Like you're not messing around, you know? I'm not messing around. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't think okay. of it that way. I kind of, if I want to do something and I know it's for my benefit, I think that's the key. Okay. Like no that it is going to propel you know that it's, it's for your growth. And don't we want to be the best, most amazing human beings possible, especially given the fact that, I mean, we have a life of, we don't know how long. And so I look at that and I just go, man, I want to make that count. And I want to be good to myself. I want to be good to other people. I just want to live that life. So if I can keep going back again to the why, yeah. then I don't really need to back out or, or okay. pull out of something because I, I'm held I like safe in I, that. I like that you're being straight with me because that's important. That's probably maybe part of your formula. And, and that goes back to your why you talked about, right? Like you go all, why am I here? And this is for me. And so maybe there's a, I'm taking away, a, you have a bit of a litmus test, right? So the email came in, you're like, wait, this scares me, box checked, right? All right, what's the next thing I do? I commit, send the email. And then I have my oh shit moment and figure it out like on the way, but you research, you do the work. That's where the hustle comes in behind the scenes. But maybe one part of this litmus test I'm hearing also is like, is this for me? Is this in alignment with love and authenticity and being good to me and challenging me, right? Is that, am I Repeating that in the right way, or am I putting words in your mouth there? No, I love you. Actually, said it brilliantly, and I love. For your notes, I'm just reading what you told me to say here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love how you phrased that. It's it's totally yes. That is what I do, even though I haven't thought of it as a specific formula. It Mm -hmm. you've pointed out. You've got some checklists, right? I got to nerd out. I got to like you know operationalize this a little bit, which leads to another question. (laughs) Might sound a little weird, but. How do you look at success, right? So for, for a lot of high performers, some, some it's financial, some of it, you know, it's just goal oriented to do this, that, or the other. I have no idea where you stand on this. So is success to you defined by getting to the, getting to the stage, you know, getting the job, get whatever, finishing the marathon, or do you define success differently? Like, how do you, does it matter to you? I know you said it's kind of, you know, guys like we missed the flow, right? So <laughs> How do you look at success? How do you define it? I think success to me is when you're living your purpose. So I view, and I guess, I mean, I view everything kind of from this heart felt place. It's just kind of who I am, I guess. Uh, I've apologized for it before because I'll cry and all this stuff. And then I'm like, why? That's yeah. just, that's how I'm wired. It's okay. Well, that's why we're um, here. <laughs> I think somebody that is purposeful, 
that is living from a place of love, that uh, is here to truly make the world a better place. And I, uh, you know, that might look different for different people, but to me, if that's in alignment with who you are, Hmm. that is success. And it's a, it's a beautiful success. And the thing is, I don't think we ever arrive, arrive. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is a journey until the day that we are laid to rest. It's a journey um, and every morning, every second of every day, we have the opportunity to choose, how do I want to live today? Is it from a place of fear? Hmm. Is it from a place of love and purpose and giving my best for, for my own personal yeah. well-being and for the greater good of others? I, that hit you right there, huh? <laughs> it got me. It, it, but so if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is, success to you is showing up, right? I mean, it's saying yes, and, it, and you're not really worried about outcomes. It's, and that's great. I love the perspective on it. That's good. Good reminder for me who has to measure stuff, right? So I like it. <laughs> um, I can't let you leave without asking a little bit about how we walk such a, there's a lot of paths to take and, and you've taken one that's challenging but rewarding, but there's some work along the way and you got it. Part of that work is taking care of yourself. And we talk a lot about self-care, self-care, the blog and, and obviously in these interviews, something you teach, something you do. Um, so you talked about it physically being important to you. Like you're, you're actually overcoming injuries because of the lack of self-care Tell me what role it plays for you or maybe even what you see with it in others that come to these retreats. And I know you don't even talk, you're very humble. You teach around the world, like kind of a big deal in the yoga world, right? So like, tell me, what do you see or, or how does it play a role for you personally? I'll let you go either direction uh, in terms of the importance of self-care when you're taking this kind of a path. Oh my gosh. I'm glad you're ending with this question because hmm. honestly, I think it is, the most important one, mm. because I think self-care, self-love, maybe we could use those interchangeably, um, is the most important thing, literally. Mm. And I love the analogy, you know, when you go on the airplane and you have to put your oxygen mask on first and then even your child's, and that's key to me, yeah. even your child's oxygen mass goes on after yours. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason. When our cup is full and we are loving ourselves, we are caring for, and by the way, that doesn't mean just bubble baths and pedicures. That means, <laughs> that means discipline also. I know, dang. Uh, discipline, doing the hard work, mm. the day in and day out consistent things, you know, the movement, the meditation, the journaling, the gratitude, those, those things day in and day out mm. all add up. Yeah. And then we can be the kind of people that literally our cup is so full that it overflows and spills out all around us. And the more we fill up, the more it overflows and overflows. And we do it without 
losing energy because it's so effortless and Mm. it comes from within, from this beautiful place that we're not striving and trying and, you know, draining all our energy that way. So to answer your question, Brian, self self care and self love is the most important thing. And let's start working on that Mm. right now, today. Tomorrow, whatever, but let's do it. Do I love it. the order. I love the order because there's a, I think the people that we tend to attract to our community are the source of support and strength for their communities, their family, their friends, their coworkers, their employees, whatever. And, and, and they have good intentions, but what happens is the cup gets emptied, helping everybody else first. And then it's this mad dash hackathon to try and figure out how to fill theirs up and it's a, it's a really difficult cycle to break, even though they have really good intentions, you know? Um, so I love how you've described the order, the order of that. Can you, can you give me, so it's super important. You got to do it. What's your, what's your go-to move? Like what's your, you talked about stillness, you talked about movement. It was probably super hard for you, but like what's your go-to move for self-care usually? I would say it's holistic. So I can't give, because to me, self-care and self-love is a, our holistic being. So we are mind, body, spirit. Mm. We cannot neglect one for another. They're all interconnected. Okay. So I break them down and, you know, movement for the physical. That's part of why I love yoga so much is yeah. I truly feel like in yoga, there's a lot of combining of physical, mental, and spiritual, at least yeah. for me. Yeah. So that's a beautiful practice and a way to kind of get a lot of those aspects of myself yeah. during the same time. Right. Um, so yoga would probably be my go-to for self-love and, and self-care. But yeah, holistic. We are we can't separate, you know, some people are really good physically, but mentally they're suffering. And I get that, you know, I've, I've been in those places where I thought I was a loser, a failure, a ugly, hideous, horrible person. I mean, literally like the level of self-loathing that I have felt in the past is sad. Hmm. And so, um, yeah, to work on our mental, you know, telling yourself that you are amazing, that you are beautiful and talented and, you know, all the great things that's that uh, working on that. And then the spiritual as well, sitting in silence and connecting to your source right. of um, the divine, whatever that is, you know, different people have different beliefs in that, but uh, all of that goes together. Good. I, I like the holistic. You, I was looking for the shortcut, but you, you're right. The holistic piece, it is all of those. For for the type A's, yoga is kind of like the efficient version, right? You highly yeah. leverage self-care, right? So there you go. Do yoga. Buddy, I was at my doctor yesterday. I was like bragging. I was like, I do yoga. And he's like, good, do more. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was going to get like a lollipop or something. So, All right. This has been... This so I'm so glad we went the direction we did. I but I want to wrap up. You've you've had such a great start to your journey because I know you got you got a list and you got things. Um, you're and you're going to continue to do great things. I don't think I you'll understand probably impact you'll have made to some people listening. 
just about what you've shared and where you're at. And, and so I really appreciate that. For those listening that are going, I can totally relate. I've been there. I am there. I'm restarting, whatever it might be. And I'm afraid and I'm overwhelmed and I'm beating myself up or whatever it might be. What's the advice you, you give? What, where, what's the starting point to somebody who wants to be intentional, but just is like, you know, maybe not ready to say, I'm going to go jump on a stage tomorrow or something like that. Where, 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 what words would you share with them? I would say first and foremost, be gentle with yourself. Hmm. Um, I think a lot of us have wounded our wounded child inside and that we can tend to be critical toward, uh, when that child pops up. Like for me, it was lack of attention. So when I start feeling like I need attention, I need attention, I could criticize myself and feel like, oh my gosh, you're 40 something years old and here you are needing attention, you know, (laughs) or I could look and go with compassion, man, that wounded child inside of you feels like she needs attention. You know, how can you give her that attention? How can you provide that to her? Um, So be gentle with yourself, treat yourself as you would your own child. Um, Say things to yourself as you would your own child or somebody that you care deeply about. So many times we, we don't even realize how negatively we talk to ourselves and the things that we say and the beliefs that we actually have about ourselves. And sometimes, um, uh, hypnotherapy actually helped me a lot to uncover kind of these, this belief that I had that I didn't even realize I was making all these choices from this belief of unworthiness and not good enough. Well, of course I'm going to make certain choices because that was my belief system and it was subconscious. So we have these subconscious beliefs running our lives and we become aware of them. Then I would say maybe, get some help uh, on uncovering those and, uh, and, and then you can start to truly live from a place of consciousness. So you're not being run by this unconscious subconscious programming. Right. Which is, which is usually pretty tough programming on ourselves. So totally think great advice. Start by being good to you. I think that's a pretty good way to pretty good way to end it there. So Janice, thank you. This was awesome. Super grateful for you being here. Uh, where can people follow you, check you out other than, you know, the press conferences uh, and any, anywhere else that, that they can look. I know you've got some yoga challenges going anywhere. We can uh, track you down. So I'm at uh, SpanishJanice.com. Um, stuff I do there. I'm on Facebook, also Spanish Janice. I think Instagram is Spanish Janice. All right. So I'm Spanish Janice. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to remember. Great message to remember today too. So thank you for being here. You guys can check out the podcast once we have it up over at the blog, helpandhustle.com. And uh, we'll have some links to her site and some of the other stuff she shared here today. So Janice, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do, Brian. You got it. We'll talk to you soon.